to the very first episode of You, you Need, Need to, to See This. This is a bi-weekly film podcast about filling in the gaps of our collective cinematic experience. I'm Luce Tomlin-Brenner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Nick Asunto. And me, Cozy Orlin. Hi. We are comedians, writers, and most importantly, film lovers. Uh, and you know what? There are millions of movies in the world. No person can possibly see them all. Most of us stick to the genres and the actors and the writers and the directors that we prefer. But as a result, we may miss out on a lot of hidden gems. Each episode, we will present our case for one film you absolutely need to watch. We'll cover everything from lesser-known art house indies to how-did-you-miss-this blockbusters. The guidelines are simple. At least one of us has seen and loved the film, and at least one of us has missed it. Then, without spoilers, we will convince each other and you which ones are worth your time. And because it's October when we're getting started, we are going to do all spooky films this month. Um, so today's film we're discussing is Frailty. I've seen Frailty and I love it. I've also seen Frailty and it. I also love it. I'm <laughs> fucking this up so bad already. Oh, you're doing uh, great, let's, Nick. Doing great. You're let's fine. Cut that. <laughs> and also, no, let's keep it double. I didn't know you're. That's all. I didn't also, know hi. Uh, I'm cozy, and I've never seen this movie in my life. I also never heard of it in my life, so I'm psyched for this. Well, you've never heard of Frailty until we until we started nerding out about it, and by we, I mean you guys started nerding out about it. Amazing. And then our engineer has not seen it either. Incredible. All right. Well, <laughs> we're discussing Frailty and cozy. You need to see this film. Eh. <laughs> Released in 2001, Frailty is, in my opinion, an underappreciated gothic horror thriller. It's directed by Bill Paxton, and this was his very first feature. He only directed one other feature after that. R.I.P. We love you, Bill Paxton. Uh-huh. Um, the other one he directed was 2005's The Greatest Game Ever Played with Shia LaBeouf. Was and it Will about- Smith. Was yeah. it, no, no that Smith. was Ledger Matt of Damon. Fans. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> was it about basketball? Is that the game? No, it was no. about golf. What? Yeah, it's kind of a twist ending in that golf is never great. <laughs> I don't know if that's an ending. That's the beginning of the movie. Uh, you probably it's golf, right? I've never seen that one. <laughs> oh, no one needs to probably. I have seen the greatest game ever played. It's actually pretty good. Bill Paxton was a really good director. Uh, it was a shame he didn't get to do more films. I've I agree. S- I've seen the greatest game ever played, too, and it is Tekken. Oh, my God. All right. So, (laughs) uh, directed by Bill Paxton, written by Brent Hanley. This is his first and only feature. He went on to write the Masters of Horror episode Family and a comedy short. And he hasn't worked since 2007. So, Mm. we see you, Brent Hanley. Starring Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, and Powers Booth. Uh, Synopsis is Frailty. is about a mysterious man named Fenton Meeks played by Matthew McConaughey, who shows up at the FBI headquarters saying that he knows who the recent serial killer known as God's Hands really is. He's convinced that it's his brother Adam behind all of the killings, and he demands to speak to the lead FBI agent in charge of the investigation. But once in front of Agent Doyle, played by Powers Booth, Fenton refuses to answer any direct questions about Adam. Instead, he starts telling this long, disturbing tale of his family's history, about how his father, played by Bill Paxton, had holy visions commanding their family to kill demons posing as everyday people, and how the two brothers got entangled in their father's mission. Very nice. Eh. <laughs> so right Immediate? You're not, you're not sold. Oh, yeah. What's- no, so far I'm not super sold. I'm not like... 
super into the idea of like chasing down a serial killer. I feel like that's been done a thousand times so far, and uh, in movies that I still didn't care about. So yeah, I'm honestly I'm more of a comedy guy anyway. You know, I like a, I like a dark movie. I like a dark comedy. But for this one, I don't know. I'm not really sold yet. Also, all the names sound stupid. <laughs> it's not like an active chasing down a serial killer film. It's more of like the story of a father's demented relationship with his children unveiling to fuel the mystery that drives the film at its core. Yeah, no, that didn't do anything for me. Okay. Right, well, you made it sound like passive. <laughs> not, none of the actors, you're not drawn in by Pil pa Bill Paxton? Uh, if he were Pill Paxton, I'd be down. But Bill Paxton, okay, I do, I, I've seen one movie with Bill Paxton in it, and it was a fucking crazy person movie. It was called The Dark Backward, and no one should ever see it. But How have you picked the one Bill Paxton movie no one's ever heard of before? Because I'm cozy, that's my whole deal. <laughs> um, yeah, he plays, a, uh, he plays a, I believe, a garbage truck guy who like is obsessed with okay. like with naked fat women i don't know it's he's really so weird you saw movie. a bad movie starring bill paxton that nobody's ever heard of so now you don't want to see anything else with bill paxton no i'm super down to see bill paxton movies okay he seemed fine you, so you haven't seen him in aliens uh nope haven't twister? seen aliens haven't seen twister uh what else was fifth he in? element uh, oh he was in fifth element then yeah, yes get a brief role or right no um no that's powers booth <laughs> Powers Booth is the general, yeah. the colonel. Event, oh. Event Horizon is Bill Paxton. Didn't oh, see that one. Like, I actually don't like Event Horizon. <laughs> well, let's get back to the task <laughs> at um, Okay, so Cozy, you're not convinced. No, not yet. So let's launch into uh, five reasons why we each think that you should watch this movie. Nick? Sure, yeah. Uh, so my first big reason here is that... Uh, I'm, so McConaughey is very famous now. We know this. But back in... Was this 2001 when this came yep, out? Yep, 2001. Probably? So he wasn't as... I mean, he was known for Dazed and Confused and, you know, as a sex symbol for some other... Probably some rom-coms from the 90s. I'm not even too positive. Most of but his rom-coms were like post... Early 2000, 2000 right? 2000 was yeah. like post this movie. He got famous from Dazed and Confused in the early 90s. So, and they did a lot of comedies. Yeah. And in this, he plays a very serious, very understated role that's... it's. It, it's very charismatic to watch, and normally I don't I don't see a lot of McConaughey performances where I'm like, oh my god, he's really nailing it. But this is one of them where I was just I'm hooked in by his character Fenton Meeks. I want to um, I want to follow him the whole film. Mm, I agree. Yeah. What's your first one? Uh, my first one is actually about how Matthew McConaughey has always been a great actor, mm -hmm. and people forgot that or didn't know that because they only knew him as like this romantic comedy guy from Y2K. And they didn't see this film. They didn't see Days and Confused. They didn't say like a ton of his interesting work in the '90s. So when he showed up at doing True Detective and doing like Times Flat Circle, uh, everybody was like, "Wow, inspired!" But he plays that exact same character in this movie, like almost ten years before True Detective came out. No, well, yeah, like twelve or thirteen years before True Detective yeah. came out. So if you like his character in that. Benton Meeks is like the origin story of that. Um, and then, of course, Bill Paxton is amazing yeah. as well because he does this great job of being this dad on the edge who's either totally getting messages from God, which is really interesting, or he's just psychotically destroying his children. Uh, uh, and he plays it perfectly. It's like knife's edge. That's what I love about it. That's my number two thing is just he, his first scene in this film, he's such a loving and caring father you're immediately like, this guy's a great dad. And then as the plot unveils, he's still so committed to being a great dad from his point of view, but you don't know what's going on. You don't know if he's seeing visions from God or if he's losing his mind entirely. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see how well he acts that role, especially while doing double duty of directing. Absolutely. And that takes me into my second thing, mm. which is that I love how uh, once Matthew McConaughey starts telling his story to Powers Booth, the FBI agent, it launches into a flashback. And most of the story is told through flashback, which sounds hokey, but mm-hmm. it's really not because the children actors who are in it are extremely committed. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they totally hold their ground with Bill Paxton. And the whole most of the movie is through the lens of the oldest child, Fenton. And so you're seeing it like a child, and it really shows... I really love films that show the powerlessness of kids who are fighting against something larger than themselves because whether or not we're dealing with demons or um, abusive religious figures, children often feel helpless in the face of adults, even if it's not as extreme as the storyline. And I think they're, um, I think it uses kind of an extreme story to show what children who are in difficult situations, um, just like how, how insane it is to like be a, be a kid who's like in an abusive situation or with like a power hungry person or somebody that you can't trust. And I think that's something that a lot of children have to deal with. There's always, yeah, that it's, you immediately empathize with that character because you could, you remember being, you said this earlier before we p- popped into this, that you remember being a kid and like, nobody ever fucking believes me. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Because the police, well, I didn't get into my third one, but I like that it shows oh, the complicitness go, of police. Yeah, and then you can do three. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this movie does a great job of showing like how police are complicit in um, like abuse and violence and things that um, often happen in horror movies where they're like either not reliable or the bad things happen because the police weren't doing their jobs. Mm. And this sort of has double duty of that where there's a police character in the beginning and a police character at the end, um, FBI notwithstanding. Uh, and both are sort of compacting how the evil of this uh, movie kind of gets to transpire and move throughout this Texas town. That's what I'll, I'll actually, I'll jump into my fourth because that relates to that. And then my, my next two are more technical anyway, and they're more like film nerdy. Uh, but yeah, the, the theme of this film is so good. And it's, it's what the char- the child actor has to go through. Uh, it's like this question of what's real and what isn't is somebody insane or is there religion? And it's just, it's a really cool theme that really just perfectly sticks to that pattern throughout the entire film. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, I definitely know what's happening. You're always on the line. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. There's, like, um, many... There's, like, a couple of climaxes. Yeah. There's, like, three or four shocking things that happen in, like, the third act. Uh, And one of them I totally forgot about because I was focused on the larger um, way that the story wraps up. And I really... I I love all of the the way the story unravels towards the end and I really like movies where you can't tell what's happening until it's at the end and then I would argue that even at the end there's different ways to perceive it. Mm-hmm. Nick and I perceive it differently but I we see do, yeah. both sides oh, of it. Oh that's cool. I do like that. Yeah, and there's a lot of debate on uh really what's happening. Are is it demons or is everybody nuts? Mm. And so I think that's uh I think that's interesting. Too. I w- yeah, and I won't tell you my stance because yeah. I want to hear it if you watch it. Uh. Uh, and then, well, my last one is that uh, it's, I love the Y2K cheesy aspects of it. There's some flashbacks that have kind of like a doo doo <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> feeling to it. Uh, the title cards are with the typewriter font that is on Instagram stories. <laughs> um, I don't have Instagram. <laughs> Me neither, actually. But. Well, <laughs> 
I'm sure you guys can imagine the typewriter font that you've seen on computers. Yeah, we've seen typewriters. <laughs> I don't know what a computer is. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whew, we've got a long road ahead of yeah. us. Uh, but it, there's a lot. Uh, the production value, the budget for this was like pretty small. And I think they did a lot with a little. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and this isn't to denigrate it at all because I really it because I was a teenager um, during the turn of the last century. It reminds me of my childhood, and I really love the way movies from that time period look. So I found mm -hmm. it uh, comforting to watch. That's more of a personal reason. That's kind. Of, that's but for my '80s and '90s kids out there. Yeah. You'll like that part of it. <laughs> that, that like doing a lot with the the low budget is kind of my next thing because so much of this film is so beautifully shot. And you could tell they're like finding clever workarounds. Uh, workarounds, like I, re I read that the car scene was just shot in a um, a black room, and the production crew was like waving lights around to make it seem <laughs> like they were moving. And it looks beautiful, uh, but like that—that's the thing that I love about this film. There's the whole whole film. There's this smoky color palette. Everything's sort of uh, foggy and faded, and it's like you're on this you're in this moral gray zone, and you don't know what's right or wrong. And it's really oh, cool. There's like this like amber that. glow to it. Uh, even during the day, it feels like it's dark. It does, this yeah. No, it kind of has a total purgatory feel to it. Yeah, that oh, purgatory—that's a good word for it. Um, actually, the box art—I have the DVD sitting in front of us—and the box art ha captures that amber glow. <laughs> yeah, and has a it quote from Stephen King, which sells it for me too. Yeah, I read that it was hi him, Sam Raimi, and James Cameron's favorite horror movie of the year of two thousand and one. Yeah. Well, cozy. If Nick and I can't convince you. What about those legends? I'm sure James Cameron cannot convince Cozy. <laughs> no, really not really. Convince. He hasn't seen well, Aliens. I want to so. go out on a limb and say James Cameron shouldn't convince anyone of anything. Yeah, Thank same. God for He's aliens, had his time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I just God. don't want this to turn into James Cameron, if you're James listening Cameron. right now, that is not my point of view uh, at all. He just wants a job. I'm really looking forward to the next few Avatar films. Whoa. Ew, no uh, one's ever said that before, and it's weird to hear it. But stop using the papyrus that. font. <laughs> Yeah, go to typewriter. I'll just say my last <laughs> Wait, thing really fast. I'm yeah. a big shot. I, I get so obsessed with shots in films. There's the shot of the axe, which is named Otis in this film, which is really cool. The first time you see the axe, there's this beautiful beam of light shining on it. The axe is, it's on the cover of the case, actually, but it's flipped, the shot's flipped around. The axe is slammed into a stump. You clearly see the name of the axe is Otis. And from there on, you're like, this axe is a character in the movie. Whenever the axe shows up, you feel like it's somebody in the scene. Like, hey, guys, I'm here to, you know help you out except for it's so much more dangerous yeah, i feel like it's like dangerous. hello guys oh yeah oh, i always go with chipper axes uh, it's, uh, uh, that chipper? wasn't intended chipper? to be wordplay that just okay. popped in my head go home I, all right that and <laughs> avatar you're out <laughs> I, i'm not look i'm not here to trash talk any films that's i'm here to love films that's true we, that should be our motto not um, mine though fuck no. you cozy <laughs> <laughs> um all right well those are our five reasons so 10 total Cozy, are you convinced? Uh, no, I'm not convinced, and here are my counter of ten reasons. <laughs> I, I don't have a full ten, but I'll fake it. I'll, I'll definitely bluff it. Okay, so let me start off. I'm going to start off with the fact that Fenton Meeks is a very dumb name for a character. What uh, if I told you that Meeks was spelled M-E-I-K-S? I would tell you I'm more upset, because that's a <laughs> dumb way to spell that. So you're saying that the main... Uh, so Okay, so Bill Paxton is the dad who named a child Fenton Meeks. That's not okay. Like, you said he was a good dad, and I don't believe you. 
<laughs> also, Powers Booth is a dumb name. That's his real name. Yeah, it's even dumber because of it. Cozy, your name is Cozy. I know, and that's why I'm uniquely qualified to say this. <laughs> I can I can take down anyone's name because I have a weird hippie name. <laughs> also, another dumb name, McConaughey. But also, let me talk about Matthew McConaughey for a second. McConaughey has always bummed me out and bugged me because he is like the epitome of a dude who is just like chilling and kind of having a nice kind of roll through life and not contributing anything other than a weird, like taking his shirt off in every single movie. He's like, he's got the all right, all right, all right thing going, but I'm not all right with McConaughey. He, he kind of bores me. This was before All Right, All Right, All Right. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, was that Days and Confused? It was Days and Confused. Damn, okay, yeah. no, 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 no. It was, was just the beginning. An, it was just two All Rights and Days Yeah, and but then he went on to an entire career of that, and it's just like, I'm not a... If he, he's like, he's a bongo. Like, he is the bongos. That's what Matthew McConaughey is. But I'm getting stuck on this. Uh, I'm not super into a movie about dads. That doesn't do anything for me. It's not about You're like, dads. it's about dads on the edge. There's, a, there's one <laughs> dad in it, singular. And he well No, that does that doesn't make it better. There's maybe another dad. I, yeah, I mean Okay, so this is a movie called My Two Dads, and it's about dads on the edge who are also good dads but make terrible choices in names. Also, did the dad name the axe? We don't know actually. No, he finds it with the name written on it. Okay, yeah, well Otis is another it. dumb name. Okay. Um so okay, so the axe has a name and that's cool. It could have been. But if it's Otis, it's not a cool name. I don't I'm not afraid of an axe named Otis. What if I told you that Otis stands for only the innocent survive. Then I would tell you you should have said that instead because Otis sounds silly. You can't put only the innocent survive on the little part of the axe. You could put right it on there. the long way of the axe. Yeah, yeah but then put the it shot on the shaft. would have to hold for like a little bit longer. And also, that's that's what fans think it means. It doesn't, you know, it's. Bill okay. Paxton is dead, and now we get to pick what it means. Yes. Ah, I like that. R.I.P. Oh, so sad. R.I.P. Rest in Paxton. Also, Aww. I know, I so that. sad. Can we make those t-shirts? <laughs> I really <laughs> want them, but what I don't want is an axe named Otis. I want something called Blood Slayer or something. There's so Ooh. many options. But here, here's well, the that's only... That's so stereotypical, Blood Slayer. I mean, but how many movies have you seen with an axe named Blood Slayer? I don't know, but a uh, hundred video games, though. That sounds dope. I'd play those, especially Tekken. Oh, oh man, I got a call back in. What a feeling. I'm so hopefully really we keep excited that part. for that Tekken money to roll Ooh, in. Oh yeah, this episode not sponsored by Tekken. Uh, one day though, um, or Taken, which I have not seen. Uh, so another thing that bothers me, this is my seventh reason I'm going to pretend, uh, is that the axe sounds kind of like Clippy, the paperclip. It you know, he kind of jumps in and Nick's, helps out. That was Nick's bad representation of it. <laughs> a, a he doesn't beam, talk. A beam of light comes onto <laughs> the axe, and we're led to believe that it is God sharing his killing tool. It's a if awesome shot. God's killing tool is an axe named Otis. Come on. God has so many better killing tools, like capitalism. <laughs> like environmental destruction. An axe with a silly name that's basically clippy. I'm not into it. But then how can one man be deemed by God the man to kill all I don't, of the demons? I'm also an atheist, so like it's a kind of a tough sell <laughs> I'm for an me. atheist too, and I go. love this film. Oh, well, you've also seen it, and I haven't and probably never will. Ugh. But um, also the DVD art that you guys were talking about earlier. Don't, don't, don't bash the DVD it, art. It looks like a MySpace selfie. It's a giant uh, face with like right a there. very... Yeah. Right it was 2001, though. This is what I'm saying. It's yeah. capturing the 2001 this, vibes. The, you guys, we just survived what we thought was going to be a huge computer meltdown. Yeah, that was a scary time. Y2K was affecting us all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what is reflected on the DVD case. We were so ready to. These feel like 
funny reasons mm-hmm. that I love to hear. Thank you. But also, don't feel like good reasons not to see the film. Ooh, well, I'll say this. A lot of the reasons that you mentioned uh, to see the film had to do with things like um, production value being bad, but they found a way to make it good, no, which no, is no, like no, exciting no, no, to no, me. No, 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 budget being low, but still making it look good. Yeah, that's not exciting to me. I'd rather <laughs> see a movie that looks good. <laughs> it does look good, is my point. Yeah, it but look- like, there's nothing compelling. It's not compelling. It's not more compelling to me to see it. Also, the amber glow, it's cool to hear, but like, I'm not psyched about it because of it. I think <laughs> thematic things are what make me excited if I don't see a trailer. Because a visual thing, like a trailer, can get me excited on a visual level, but you guys describing something visually doesn't do it. So you're it saying for we me. should just can this podcast entirely and we should have just came over and shown Show you the trailer? Trailers? Well, okay, but uh, remember, I don't have a computer. That's still a lie. I have a computer. Oh my but, God. Do you um, have anything else on that list of yours? Um, nope. Uh, I could pretend, but uh, no, I'm pretty much out of my out of my Thank stuff on God. that one. <laughs> God right. and his killing tool, well, Otis. Thank Otis the axe. So we Otis. can't we can't convince Cozy to see <laughs> frailty, which kind of bums me out. But maybe we can convince you guys to watch frailty. Yeah, I also kind of feel like Cozy's counterpoints would help solidify our agreements because he sounded like a crazy person rambling about a movie. Yeah, what which, did God tell you not to watch this movie like or if you, something? If you agree with Cozy, <laughs> come on. Yeah, we can't help you there. <laughs> wow, wow. Feeling this real hard, real deep right now. Um, you, you're not offended at all. You just admitted you made up those things just to... <laughs> you're just, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, we would... You can watch Frailty now. If we've convinced you, you can watch it on Prime. It's streaming. Um, I am against Jeff Bezos. Mm. Um, I don't pay for the uh, yeah, subscription. Agreed. And I don't have Amazon Prime, so it'll be very difficult to see. Yeah, so it's I on support, DVD right in front of you. I support everybody's uh, desire <laughs> to not use Amazon Prime, but if you do have it, I also don't judge you because I have it too because my boyfriend's grandma pays for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely catch it on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. All right, well... Let's move on to things that Cozy does like. (laughs) Cozy, what did you watch this week that people need to see? Well, I haven't seen any movies or TV shows, but I did watch the first episode of a web series that I really liked. Great. Uh, It's from Caitlin Boschman, and it's called Guys. Oh, I watched this today, too. It was so good. Yeah, the first episode, I believe, is called Jake, and it's about people recording a podcast, which I'm doing today, so it felt timely. It's also just about how guys can be pretty awful. Yeah, which also feels timely. <laughs> uh, so you, you could check that out on Vimeo if you find Caitlin Boschman. It's Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-I-N, and then Boschman, B-E-A-U-C-H-E-M-I-N. And the tone is really great, and the dialogue is fantastic. The directing is well done. It's good. Check it out. That's great. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> Uh, was there anything that you thought you hated that you said people shouldn't watch? No, there's nothing I've seen this week that I hated. I was very busy writing a thousand sketches, like a crazy writer. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Nick? What do people need to see that you saw? Oh, I rewatched Cabin in the Woods for the billionth time this weekend because I was up at a cabin in Big Bear for the weekend. Ooh. Never seen like, it. We need to watch Cabin in the Woods, so I did that. And I every time I watch it, I see something new. I know. I love I'm, it so much. Oh god, it's so layered. I think it's going to be a future episode because, as Cozy said, he hasn't Never seen, seen it. Seen and it. you and, and I. It's love a horror it. comedy. He might watch it. I do like horror comedy. It's, it's extremely funny. Ooh, hell yeah! Uh, and then what else? As yeah. funny as Frailty. <laughs> I will Frailty say, has not a single line of humor. No, and there's actually not even any, like, this is cheesy, I'll laugh at it. Yeah. Woof. It's played, like, very... It's serious as... Very serious. Hey, no, yeah. thank you. Serious as Otis the Axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny part, though. <laughs> Otis. Oh, I watched Yesterday this week. Finally. Oh, 
What did you think? I've heard mixed. I thought it was very charming. I'm not sure how I... No, I just loved it. I did love... I mean, it picks all your favorite Beatles songs. The acting is great. Oh, that's that Beatles movie? Yeah. Not a Beatles guy. Oh, my... You don't... Cozy. It's a, it's, a mo- it's a movie about a struggling artist, you know, trying to find his way in the world. I like that. You can relate to that. I could do that as long as there's no Beatles stuff I'm in. I'm more of a punk guy. And there's a lot of Beatles stuff. Yeah, no, also, I, I prefer uh, the punk the stuff. The character's Indian, right? Yeah, and here's... It's like this, an Indian romantic comedy? Well, well, this is what good. I love about it, because uh, as a writer myself, I, I strive to do this. I hate when a character is just a non-straight white male lead, and the writer has to reference their sex or ethnicity and like yeah, make like so much about it. cultural touchstones. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. They never bring it up once. He's just a cool fucking dude. It could be, you know, and he's that going through good. his day and they don't give, you know, because it feels like pandering when you, you have right. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. well, if it's not a, uh, any Written person by. that wrote this script. Yeah, like yeah, writing about their like actual make life. make it up or it's yeah. real gross. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so people need to see Cabin in the Woods and Yesterday. Yeah, which is a Danny Boyle film and he's got a lot of great ones under his belt. True. How about awesome. yourself? What did you see? Um, well, Sid Hag died uh, mm. last week. Uh, or horror icon. A lot of people know him as uh, Captain Spaulding in Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, his newest one, Three from Hell. Um, but he's actually been like a working horror actor for like the last 70 years, 60 oh, wow. years. Yeah. Um and my, one of my all-time favorite horror movies is Spider Baby that he's in. Um, it's from the 60s. And it's about, it's this really insane story that I'm obsessed with. It's black and white. Hardly anybody has seen it. It is streaming again on Prime. So you definitely should check mm-hmm. out Spider Baby. It's about, like, this family that their, like, inherited illness is that they age backwards once they hit like a certain age and then they become cannibals so um, exactly the- like benjamin button it's the curse of benjamin mutton oh uh, you monster boo, boo. You're, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm so upset myself. booing myself i just knocked over a lamp <laughs> it's so dark in here now <laughs> um so it's like these two lead women who are amazing who are adult women but they're dressed like girls like they have like kind of petty four dresses on and they've got mm. pigtails but they're all mm-hmm. like messy and crazy oh. looking <laughs> and they're really like flirty in a way that they're trying to kill the men that come to their <laughs> house um and then uh Sid Haig's character has regressed to the point of like hardly having any speech and he's just like rah, 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 like running around this old mansion trying to attack people that sounds crazy I love um, it yeah and there's a whole inheritance scandal where like this rich family tries to go to this house to get money but then they're brought in by the cannibals and mm. it's literally got everything yeah, this sounds delightful it's super fun mm. um hopefully one of you will watch it and we can talk about it on nice. a future episode but until then you need to see spider baby and um <laughs> the only thing i watched that i didn't like that i'd say you could skip you don't need to see uh the big dollhouse which is another sid Hag film and i had actually never seen it but it's um a women in prison exploitation film uh, from the 70s uh, with pam mm. greer and he and Pam grew in a lot of movies together. A really good one, actually, that people should see is uh, Black Mama, White Mama. But the big dollhouse, not good. Not even sexy. Oh, no. It would be. Come on. Um, That's it's, what those films were supposed to be. Sexy yeah, and violent. It's weirdly not either very much. Yeah. And it's confusing. Um, hmm. And the end, it looks like the end was supposed to be one way. And then they, like, ADR'd it. To mean something totally different. 
uh, I like it. That so I, I had it on in the background while I was doing work, and mm. so it was a great background movie. But if you're looking for Sid Haig stuff, um, I would skip that. And I think the one that's a follow up to that is the big doll cage or the big bird cage. Oh, the bird cage! I saw that. Not that great one. movie. <laughs> la yeah, cage yeah. a la Follies. Robin Williams. Oh, different movie. R.I.P. Rest in Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Robin and Paxton. Robin and Paxton. I'm so on board for all this. <laughs> um, all right. So go watch those films um, and then don't watch the ones I said not to. <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want to. And then you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and let us know what you think. Um, so we're going to start a new hashtag. This is our very first episode. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're starting a new hashtag. That is hashtag see this pod. Mm-hmm. So... If you have seen Frailty and you want to tell us what you think, use the hashtag. And uh, if you have anything else that you think that we should see, use the hashtag. And feel free to tweet at me at hashtag rest in Paxton. Uh, I'm sorry, Robin in Paxton? Oh, God, I'm having trouble keeping track at this point. Well, every hashtag. Are you right. on Twitter, Cody? No, not even slightly. Not okay. even a little on Twitter. What about, and you're not on Instagram? I don't know. No, not, I don't have a computer. So, luckily for everybody at home, none of you have to follow Cozy anywhere. Well, is there, <laughs> is there anywhere, anywhere on I, the internet where pe- people can get at you? Oh, yeah, you want to do some plugs? I'm down sure. for some plugs. I got a ton of plugs, but they're all live comedy shows. I host four live comedy shows in Los Angeles, California, uh, two at the Pack Theater in West Hollywood, and two at the Clubhouse in Los Feliz, uh, and they're all fun in different ways. One of them is a themed... Oh, okay, let me just say their names. That's great. <laughs> One of them is... <laughs> thank help. you. That would help. And probably good for plugs, yeah. Uh, Crash This Party every second and fourth Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, Scene Kids Punk House Party at 12.30 at night, which is dope and has live punk bands. Uh, Blackout Drunk, which is every drinking holiday. And Dub Set, which is all dubbed improv. So we just do each other's voices. It's great for voiceover nerds, if you are one. Wow. Those are my things. That's excellent, Cozy. Thank you. And I guess you'll have to hit up uh, either me or Nick for more details on those shows since Cozy's not online. Yeah. Perfect. Nick, where can people find you? Just Twitter, at uh, NickJass, N-I-C-K-J-A-S-S. It's my name. It's not like a, a butt thing. Uh, <laughs> we already established your name is funny, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I chuckle every time I say Nick Asanto. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just I'd love to hear your thoughts on frailty, like Luce was saying, but especially trivia, if you got it. I'm obsessed with movie trivia. Yeah. I love trivia, too. And you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. It's the same handle at LTB Comedy. It's my initials, LTB Comedy. And um, yeah, please let us know what you think and what we should watch. And I host a monthly show at a love bazaar in Los Angeles. It's called Cursed and it's inspired by the full moon. Uh, It's the third Wednesday of every month. It's pretty spooky. And if you follow me online, you'll be able to see more about it there. Hmm. Um, Any last thoughts before we sign off? Let's see. One of my one of my improv teams is on Instagram, even though I am not. <laughs> Follow us at Scene Kids Improv. Excellent. Cool. Um, <laughs> so we're brand new, as we said. This is our first episode. So if you could, you know, do the thing, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, and if you leave us a five star review and you're like a whole little thing, we'll read it on the air and say your name on the airwaves. How cool is that? It sounds impossible, and yet it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to You Need to See This. <laughs>